Good morning. Great to see everybody this morning. Um, I'm hearing reports. There's a little concern about the uh, blue prescription card, that people are just a little bit rattled about this. And uh, Derek is a life group leader, so I've asked Derek to come up and uh, share a little bit about what it's like for his group. All right. Well, I've got to be honest, and I probably second everybody here. When you walked off the stage that first week, that just threw everybody off. Everybody was like, what was that? He just walked off and that was it? He just left me like that? Did everybody feel that? Yes. And then you come with this blue card. What the heck is this blue card? People are asking. In my group, people are saying, um, wait, you're telling me that now I can just go sin? So because there's more grace, now I can just go out and sin more? So people have really been wrestling with that. All right. So uh, they're, they're wrestling with, wait a minute, I thought I knew this is the way the world worked. And I came along and said, that's not the way the world works. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. M most people were like, wait a second, wait. Wait, you're telling me that I should sin? That doesn't make any sense. It literally goes against everything I've ever learned. Very good. Excellent. Well, that means we're exactly where I want us to be. Uh, because we want to ask this question. Why not sin? And, and as you guys have interacted with it, Right? As you guys have interacted with it, is it fair to say people have said, no, I already know the answer to that question? Yeah, most people would be like, no, I shouldn't sin. Why, okay. why should I sin? Good. We're going to answer it today. Let's get started. Okay, so uh, we have your Bibles. Uh, we have Bibles there that are spread throughout. Um, hopefully, at least one of you has a Bible in the row so you can follow along. And the reason for that. Is because we're going to work all the way through Romans chapter 6. The second reason for that is I want you to understand, and this is why we do it in groups, this is why we have uh, all these different ways for you to get involved for the 40 days. This is not Chris High's special teaching. This is the Bible. I want you to wrestle with what the Bible has to say. And grace is not something that man made up. It is, it's God's, and it is. It's too good to be true. And so as we work through this, um, I am convinced I was right about the blue card for this reason. It, at the end of chapter 5, he says, grace will reign. And he, he talks about more sin, more grace. Oh, by the way, we're on page 1606 if you're like, listen. How would I find where Romans chapter 6 is? Uh, page 1606. It's right there. Um, so we, we jump into and, and, and we say, he says, more sin, more grace. And everything inside of you says, that, that, that can't be right. He can't really mean, therefore, then I'm free. See, the reason that I know for sure that Romans chapter 5 at the end is teaching you that you are free is because the next question Paul asks in Romans chapter 6, 1 is, well, should we go on in sin? He says, what do you say? He says, shall we continue in sin? So he asked that exact question. Right when we get to that point, he asked the exact question. The only reason he would ask that question is because what he just taught you would lead you to the conclusion, I'm free to sin. 
I'm free to go. Now, today is, uh, today your students, I actually, we're not going to apply any of this until we get to the very end of the message. I'm going to teach you information that maybe you've heard before, but this information tends to slip away from us. For, for some of you, I'm going to teach you information that you actually have never heard before. You didn't realize this was in the Bible. And so I want you first and foremost to be students. The Bible is written to you in a language that you can understand. It was written to the original readers in a language they could understand. Because the way that God talks to you, first and foremost, is not through your spirit. It's through the word of God to your spirit. And so that's what we're going to wrestle with that as we jump in. I want you to follow along as we do. So before we do, though, what are your reasons for not sinning? Like that first week when I said, You're, you don't have any chance anyway. So, and then I walked off, right? That first week, what welled up in you? No, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to sin. What welled up in you? What, what did you say to yourself? Me? Never. And then last week when I pulled out this card and I walked through it, and, and some people walked out of the, of the auditorium and somebody said, I don't feel right about this, man. I do not feel, and that's right. It's right that you don't feel right about it. Why? Because it goes against everything you kind of always were safe with, that you always kind of settled into. So why don't you sin? Is your reason, some of you, it's guilt. I don't sin because I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to feel guilty, so I don't sin. Let's be honest. You try not to sin. You try not to sin. For some of you, it's fear. I fear the punishment that would come with it. I don't want the punishment that would come with it. Some, I don't want the consequences that would come with it. Uh, for some, we, do, we, we don't sin because of bribery and bartering. What do you mean? God, if I don't do this, you'll give me that, right? If I don't do this, you'll give me that, right? We're constantly bartering. We're constantly interacting with God about, hey, if, if I do this right, then I get something for it. Um, for some of us, uh, we think God is begging us not to sin. You actually look at God that way. You think God gets up in the morning and he goes, I got to keep them from sinning. I got to keep them from sinning. Please don't sin. Please don't sin. And some, it's pride. I'm just too good for that. I'm not like those people. And so that's, that's why I don't sin. Paul doesn't give any of these reasons that you just used. And maybe you have another one. He doesn't use that one either. He says something really amazing. He says, now, when he, in this question, why should I not sin? Uh, this part is something I'm going to teach you. In, in Greek, as we work our way through Romans chapter 5 and chapter, coming into chapter 6, he actually puts the article in front of sin sometimes. It's like the. English doesn't have an article. I think actually Spanish does have an article, but that's all I know. So, so Greek doesn't have an article. Uh, I mean, Greek has an article, and so it can identify the difference between two words that are, that are spelled exactly the same or kind of have the same meaning, but they want to communicate two different things. And so the first article, the sin, is the sin of Adam. It's the original sin that you were, you were born with. It's the sin, it's the thing inside of you that when I tell you, listen, for the next five minutes, do not look at one of these lights. Don't do it. 
Why? Because I told you not to. It's the thing inside of you that goes, I'm looking at that light. I'm looking at that light. It's this very simple principle of us that someone comes to us and says, little boys do this on the, on the, graveyard, on the, on the playground all the time. See that line? Don't step over that line. You step over that line, man, you're in trouble. I'm going to take you. And the other kid can't help it. Even if you're a little tiny scrawny kid, you wait till recess is over and you run back out and jump across the line. It is, the Bible says we're born in sin. It means I'm going to be the boss of my life. There's something inside of us. Remember last week we talked about grace reigning or sin reigning? This is sin reigns. It rules. It gets what it wants. It's because of the sin nature. He says, <clears throat> should we repent in sin? Should we keep acting that way? Should we keep interacting with life and with God that way? He says, by no means. Why not? He says, because that's not who I am. That is not who you are. When you come to Christ and you give Christ your sin and he gives you his righteousness, he changes your identity. He changes who you are. So I, I, I love this one. I love our church for this. One of the reasons I love our church is we have so many different cultures in our church. And so I called a couple people last night and I found out that um, if you're a mother who when someone comes over to your house and you don't offer them food, you're not Dominican. You're just not Dominican. There's somebody, you walk up to somebody and go, hey, and they say, I'm Dominican. You walk into their house. They don't offer you food. They don't actually make you eat the food. They don't actually lock the door and you don't leave until after you've eaten the food. They're not Dominican. A Dominican doesn't have to think about that. That mom never goes, oh, what should I do when people come? Uh, should I do it or should I not do it? She's Dominican. It's what she does. Does that make sense? Here's a new one, a new one I never heard. I talked to somebody from Colombia. I said, tell me about what does a Colombian never do? Never, ever, ever do you heat up the coffee. You never rewarm the coffee. You never stick it in the microwave. You're like people... Some of you aren't even Colombian, and you're like, yeah, I'm Colombian. <laughs> you don't have to think about that. <laughs> I'm acting like I heard it. I'm laughing with you. I have no idea what you said. <laughs> that, a Colombian never has to think about that at all, ever. There's something inside of them that goes, I'm Colombian. We don't do that. I'm Colombian. We don't do that. We could go on and on and on down the list. You ask yourself this question all the time and don't realize you ask it. You ask yourself all the time, who am I? Who am I? Some of you guys, like you just think you're God's gift to women. That's who you think you are. So when you walk in the room and there's women in the room you're Mr. Cool, you're Mr. T you talk real smooth, you just have all the confidence in the world. 
even though you're not. <laughs> but that's who you think you are. And others of you are convinced you're not. And so when you walk in the room and there's women, you can barely talk. Do you know that every time you walk in the room, you go, who am I? And then you act accordingly. Who am I? Well, what the Bible teaches us is what Paul says, what does Paul say uh, is the reason not to sin? That's not who I am. Why? In the rest of the message, we're going to walk through that. Why is that not who you are? Number one, because I died. I died. When I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, the old man died. Who I was died. It says in verse 6, verse 2, For we know that the old self was crucified with him so that the, sin, so that the body of sin... That thing that when you draw the line has to step over it. The body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. The person who was a slave to sin died. Now, how do you experience grace? How do you practice grace? We introduced this last week. You have over here, you've got your facts. Over here, you have God's promise. I-S-E. Okay. God's promise. And down here, you have faith. When you approach sin, when you interact with any situation concerning sin... You are either going to believe who, I am always who I thought I was. I'm gonna, I am who I feel like I am. This is what I feel like I am. This, I want, this is, or you're going to believe what God says about you. A number of you grew up. You grew up in churchy situations. And so you are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt. You are a good guy trying as hard as you can to be as good as you can. But you never, you're never going to make it. You're always going to fall short. It's just who you are. God's promise is, that is not true. That person died. Others of you grew up in really rough situations. And you were told since the time you were little, you're horrible. You're, you're just always, this is who you are. This is who you will always be. You have the facts and your interpretation of the facts and the world's interpretation of the facts and you have God's promise. Which one do you choose? How do you build your life on grace? You choose God's promise. You interact with God's promise, not with who you used to be. He's, and <clears throat> number, the person who was a slave to sin has died. The person who was a slave to sin has died. Again, don't apply it yet, but this is the first principle. All right. I am, that's not who I am because I died. That's also not who I am because I'm alive. I am alive. This, this blows me away. This just blows me away. He says, in the same way as Jesus does. This is in, uh, I don't have the reference here. Romans 6, 11. In the same way as Jesus does. So, 
How much does Jesus the Son live unto God the Father? We know it. We know it because in the New Testament, Jesus says it over and over again. I don't do anything unless God the Father tells me to do it. I don't say anything unless God the Father tells me to do it. His entire life, 100% of his life, he wanted to do exactly what God wanted him to do. Do you agree with that? Is that biblically true? In the same way as Jesus does, count yourself dead to sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? You know what count yourself means? See, I know you feel this way, and I know you think this, but God says you are alive unto God the Father. You are alive unto what God wants, just like Jesus is. How do you live that? You choose to believe what God says over what you feel. When I was a sophomore in high school, it was my first real success at football. And after our first game, um, I had... I'm going to be careful because I inflate the number as I get older. So in my first game, I had 19 tackles. I was the leading tackler on our team, and we had won the game. I was insanely in love with football. And the guys and I were sitting in a restaurant, and Shelly Warren walked in, who was the hot girl at that time. And she's 60 now, so she's probably not. But so, she, so she was the hot girl at that time. And, and the guy's like, hey, that's Shelly. And I said, I don't care, man. I don't care about girls anymore. I only care about football because I'm alive on the football. You know, you, know what, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that if you've come to know Christ as your personal Savior, you are alive on the God. When I ask you, what do you want? The answer is, I want what Jesus wants. That's what I want. How do I know that? Because my feelings tell me so? <laughs> Almost never. Because God's promise tells me so. By grace, that's who I am. The person I, now, person I am now lives 100% for God. It's what I want. It's who I really am. What's the third reason? The third reason is because I live under grace. Now, this one, is, this one will make your head hurt. This one will make you think about it. I, it but you've got to follow the facts of it. You've got to follow what the Bible is teaching. So he says, for sin shall not be your master. Remember the rain thing, grace reigns or sin reigns? He says, sin will not be your master. Now, if you're honest with yourself, you're like, uh, no, sin's pretty much my master. Like, I fail a lot, right? He says, sin will not be your master. Why? Why will sin not be your master? Because you are not under law, but you're under grace. This is how it works. Everyone, all of us, live in a box. We all believe that if we stay in the center of, of the box, we're good and, and we're righteous and it will go well for us. 
Now, for, if you grew up in church or around the Bible, then your box comes from the Bible. But if you didn't, your box, you made up your own box. Your family came up with a box. You're, you either made up your own box or your family has a box or some religion you came from has a box. But it works like this. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't lust. Don't like the Jets. Okay? So, you live your life, if you're a Jets fan, I'm sorry. So, if you, if you live your life, if you live your life, what you do is this. You go, listen, what God wants is for me to live in the middle of the box. That's where God lives. That's where I'm going to live. I'm going to live in the middle of the box. And so, some of you are like that, man. Woo! I couldn't stand you people in school. So you're always doing the right thing. You care about the right thing. You live in the middle of the box. You're comfortable in the middle of the box. I like it right here. Right? I like it. It's the only time I can dance in rhythm, right, is when I'm sitting. So I, I like it right there. What do you mean? You're just constantly on the line. You're constantly playing with it. Why can't I do that? I think I can do that. You're interacting with the law. There you go. Now, this is interesting. Some of you live out here. You say you don't care about the law at all. You're your own man. You're your, you don't care about all of this. The whole time you're saying that, you know what you're looking at? You're looking right back here at the law. You're looking at the rules. Now, here's the crazy part. This is why I'm so adamant about grace. This is why I walked off the stage. This is why I do crazy things. Because the law and the great and grace cannot coexist. They are enemies. You can't go, well, yeah, I know the Bible says that, but I'm kind of, you know, God still wants me to do the right thing, and that's what he cares about, and that's what God's focused on. Oh, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe. No, no. They're enemies. What do you mean? The sin gets its power from the law. This comes in chapter 7. This comes later in the next chapter. The sin gets its power from the law. If there is no law, remember the law came. Why did the law come? You may not be able to see this, but here's the T. The law came so that to increase the transgression. So you'd know you were a sinner. And as soon as the law came, there was all these marks. The Bible says something crazy. The Bible says, sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Do you know what that means? It means sin is not written down when there is no law. So, you live your life going, I want to become pleasing to God. I want to follow God. I love what God's done for me. I want to love him back. I want to do what God wants. God, where's the lines? Tell me where the lines are that if I cross this line, I've disappointed you. You're now disgusted with me. You now have to punish me. 
Tell me where the lines are, and I'll try as hard as I can to follow them. And some people jump from church to church because they don't like those lines. They like these lines over here. But you're all doing the same thing. Does that make sense? This is what he teaches. And I just want you to interact with it intellectually at this point. I don't want you to interact with it spiritually yet. Some of you will this morning, but it's okay if you don't. There's your playground. The reason why sin will not have power in your life is because there is no line anywhere that will change your relationship with God. God's attitude towards you is entirely built on what he's done for you. His relationship with you is entirely built upon the grace that he shows towards you. He has changed who you are. He has changed what you want. You're his child. You've been adopted by him, and you can't change it. Therefore, there isn't one. There's no box. Well, certainly, if. No. There's no if. You can run and run and run and run and run and run. You are free. A hundred percent free. Now, the Bible says that once you grab a hold of that, And once you come to believe it and practice it, sin will not reign in your life. Grace will reign in your life. Now, everything you've ever learned tells you, no, 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 no. The reason that God exists is to tell me the rules and make sure I follow them. You are convinced that God is focused on sin. He is focused on stopping you from sinning. That God believes that if, the, if we could just stop sin, the world would be okay. And God says, I've taken care of sin. That's not my issue. My issue is, will you look me in the face and believe me? You see, when I told you you had no hope, so go sin, and when I told you because these things are true, you're free, what I did was I said, stop looking at the sin and look at your Savior. Stop focusing on what you're going to do and start focusing on what he has done. Now, today, I'm telling you, stop focusing on who you think you are and focus on who God says you are. Entirely by grace. You get no credit. You don't get to... 
beat your chest and look who I am. You don't get to look at other people and go, I can't believe you live like that. None of that. Why? Because it's all by grace. How do you live by that? By faith. Now, once you grab a hold of this principle, wait a minute, if my sins aren't written down, the logical question is, so in other words, first we ask the sin. Why not live in that way? So if, if I'm not under grace, but I'm, I mean, I'm not under law, but I'm under grace, none of my sins are written down. Sin's fun. Why not sin? Oh, that's the question Paul asks next. He asks it right there in chapter 6. He says, um, For sin shall not be your master. Um, sin is not taken into account when there is law. Therefore, there is no box. The reason that sin will not rule over me is because my sins are not written down. So if that's true, why not do acts of sin? He gives us the same answer. Because that's not who I am. In Romans 6, 18, he says, But thanks be to God that you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. That's who you are. Yes, I understand it's impossible to think that's true. That's why you have to trade in yourself for God's promise and believe what he says. Remember Abraham? I'm as good as dead. I'm 100 years old. There's no way I'm ever going to have a child. That's right. You are everything God ever dreamed you would be. You're like, there's no way that's true. Oh, yeah, it is. Because of God's promise, nothing to do with you. Because of what God's done in you, not because of what you've done toward God. And then he, gives a, he, he goes, and besides that, and besides that, he gives a human, he actually calls out a human logical reason then. He says this, nothing good comes from sin. What benefit did you reap at the time of the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Think about it. Why do acts of sin? Is there any act of sin you've ever done? Yes, in the moment you thought it was the greatest thing on earth. But six months later, six years later, you're always ashamed of it. Why, why do that? So, that's a lot to learn in one morning. Based on your faces, you got at least three quarters of it, which is fantastic. That's really, really good. That's why we do groups. That's why we keep teaching on it. That's why we spend 40 days on it. Now, to calm you down, does God care about the rules? Yes, they're his rules. Will breaking God's rules and turning away from God create death and great regret in your life? Will the consequences be damaging? Yes, they certainly will. But if you live your life on that, you're going to miss his grace. Grace does not lower God's standard. It raises it. Whenever somebody says, hey, they sin, but let's show them grace, they don't understand. They do not actually understand grace. What God has done is he has said, 
by grace, I'm changing who you are. And in Romans 12 and Romans 3, when he introduced this great idea, he said, it is by grace through faith. What is your job? What is your role? What does God ask you to do? Man, you pick up your Bible, and it's like, this, this got like a lot. No, one thing. One thing. Believe Jesus. As believers in Christ, the way you build your life on grace, on, yes, the way you build your life on grace is when you face any and every situation, you ask yourself, who does Jesus say that I am? He says, I'm forgiven, I'm holy, I'm his servant, I'm his witness. Well, I don't feel like that. That's right. That's why you have to trade in what you feel for what he says is true. And then you're going through life and you're experiencing lust and you're experiencing temptation. And the question is, what do you want? And if you look at the facts, it's I want sin and I want it bad. But if you look at what Jesus has done for you, you want exactly what God wants. Exactly what God wants. That's who you are. Why not sin? Because that's not who I am. I'm not Dominican. I'm not Colombian. I'm not Ecuadorian. I'm not Nigerian. And neither are you. First and foremost, you are by grace the child of Jesus. And by grace, he's given you a brand new heart so that you are everything he ever dreamed you would be. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. In your name we pray, amen.